Welcome to the All Football Journal podcast. It's Wednesday, 16th of September, 2020. I am Caleb John. Joining me today is George Paulos and Vishnu G. How are you doing, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up, Caleb? How are you guys doing? What's up, man? We're doing good. <laughs> what are we yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm today? doing. <laughs> I'm I'm doing great. And uh, what else is there to talk about other than the return of the Premier League? We've been looking Ooh. forward to it. It's just been. It's just been six weeks, I believe, and we're back. And it's great to have the Premier League back, I would say. You know, right off the bat, I just want to say that I think Corona conditioned us. I didn't really feel the break too much, especially with the whole international fixtures as well. I, yeah, I, I, think, honestly... I think there wasn't much of a break to talk about. Right? There wasn't much. Yeah, I think... yeah it was to a yeah, smooth transition. Man. It was a very yeah. smooth transition. But you know what does feel weird? I miss the whole game every day scenario that used to happen during the post-lockdown era. The festival of football. Yeah, that was awesome. That was like As in, a game every single day. That was, I don't know, there was something to watch like all the time. It didn't matter like which teams were playing. Wherever they were playing every league, it was, it was really fun. It was, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I think that, I think I'm going to get withdrawal just, just, just for that. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, the Champions League tournament, I would actually like to see that, you know, uh, be the format for the Champions the, League. The de facto, forward. yeah, the de facto standard, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I think it yeah, makes think the game some, I think there are some talks going on where they're actually considering for next season. There are, yeah, there are. Yeah. I mean, if, if I need to sign a petition, send me the link, like, I mean, for that. That was, that was really fun. Really, the Champions League just takes way too long. Yeah, it does. It does. I think all the players, oh, sorry, all the managers would also love that as well. I can imagine Jurgen Klopp and Pep raving about having less matches every season. Yeah, Pep shouldn't be complaining about having a lot of matches with that kind of squad. I don't know what he's complaining about. <laughs> yeah, even Lampard too, I guess. Yeah, well, let's actually just get straight into it, I think. Yeah. Uh, the first game was Fulham versus Arsenal. Did you guys catch the game? Yeah, I did. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Wouldn't miss it. First game. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what were your thoughts on that, Vishnu? Uh, do you think Arsenal actually they look like a different team this season? Yeah, under Arteta, ever since Arteta took over, was a star difference in play about how Arsenal are building up from the back, especially. The influence from Pep Guardiola is clearly visible as to how good they look on the ball. And uh, no offense to them, but they were really, really bad offensively. They created close to nothing in Arsenal throughout the game. Were very comfortable. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, the Fulham were, you know, they couldn't do anything. Like their midfield just seemed lost. And I don't know what they were, yeah. what their plan is for the season. It doesn't look good for them. You know, you know what bamboozled me think... through that game? It was Maitland-Niles' positioning. It was so weird throughout the whole game so that he's, he's a wing-back and then when they attack, he, he gets into the box almost. And, or he's, you know, next to Aubameyang. And I think that really helps Arsenal on the, on the attack because suddenly now they're attacking with five, with the full-back as well. And I, I think we've got to really appreciate the work rate that Maitland-Niles puts in. 
to be in that position defensively when they're in the shape and then offensively as when they start attacking. And I think that the real credit to them to have such a workhorse and I think it's really good that they kept him from Wolves. Wolves' grasp, sorry. Yeah, and if you saw the first goal from uh, Aubameyang, uh, if you saw the build-up, right, uh, it's almost identical to the goal they scored against Liverpool in the uh, chat issue. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And clearly not a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. How good was William? How good was William in that game? William. What a. I think we. I think everyone wrote off that transfer like. I don't think people expected William to, you know, have a twilight at Arsenal uh, at the age that he is. But he clearly brings Premier League experience. He's been there, done that for Chelsea for so many years, and yeah, yeah. he's just dynamic, I guess, uh, for the Arsenal front three. Yeah, it's. I think he's a player who really suits the system, his defensive work rate as well. I think it's it's a player who Atet would really like. Playing on the wing, yes, he has no problems tracking back, and he's also fast and creates more. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, what about, what about and what does this mean for Pepe? Yeah, pe- that, that's a big question. That's seventy million pounds. So I've I've got I've got no idea what Arteta is going to do there. I mean, it's good depth if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, on the wing, but now who? Now he's got a real puzzle. On who who he has to start. Uh, I yeah, I don't sleep on Yeah, uh, we are forgetting Bakayo Saka, mm. who is also you yeah. know in that position, and he's up. He's an upcoming you know talent, and if he needs to break into that squad, uh, would if you were Saka, would you go out on loan? Uh, just thinking about having Pepe and you know. Uh, Villian in your strongest position to compete with? Mm, I don't think so because I think that Saka is that Ate really rates and he's also versatile. It's not just on the wing, he can also play as a wing back or a full back as we saw last season. So I think he should be okay with game time. Pepe might be someone who should be a bit more cautious, but I think he'll see game time as well, considering how long the season is. Yeah, you do have a good point, uh, you know. And uh, what do you guys think of Gabriel's performance? That was a decent debut, if I do say so myself. See, seems solid at the back, and um, I mean, he got he, the goal. He, he, so, did, he did do some dubious passes in the second half, but I think for someone who's just been playing in another league, and then for them to just drop into the Premier League and start the first game, I think he had a pretty good start. And I think that goal yeah. gave uh, a lot of confidence. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, however, it is uh, Fulham though, and Fulham didn't really show anything going forward. He might. We will have to see what happens in the next few games with Gabriel, uh, when someone you yeah. know more dynamic up front is causing him problems. Yeah, they've yeah, got Fulham. I think one of the main issues. I think with Fulham, one of the main issues was not start not being able to start Mitrovic. Mitrovic is someone last season the championship who scored or was involved in rather around 40% of Fulham's goals. So to miss him from the starting eleven was clearly visible on the pitch for Fulham. Yeah. Mitrovic is a very emotional striker. I think he preys off the emotion of the game. 
and that really fuels him when he's playing. So yeah, I think I think when by the time Scott Parker brought him on, I think it was already three 0 and he just couldn't muster up anything. But in saying that, the second he came on, I think his first touch was a shot on target. And this, his second shot was just, you know, he got the ball, he just spun around and he had another shot. So I think, like you said, the impact that Mitrovic brings is clearly visible. And yeah, it was a very big disappointment, I guess, for Fulham and Scott Parker for them for him not to be able to start. Yeah, well, Mitrovic is that type of you know, shithouse kind of striker. He plays really well in the box and you can't really muscle people out of defense. I mean, if he was there to impose his physicality throughout the game, maybe Gabriel would have been exposed a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agreed. Uh, so, the next game that was played uh, was Crystal Palace versus Southampton. I think all eyes were like on Danny Ings to see if he can, you know, continue his form from last season. But Palace and Roy Hodgson actually did a number on them. They were really good. Yeah, easy made it pretty easy. <laughs> you got some good, yeah. you got some good techers, and I think I think their front three is pretty good this season. I I'm I'm curious to see where they're gonna finish. Uh, defensively, I don't know. They're still a bit bit shaky. I I think Zaha is going to do them do them a lot of wonders like he does every season. Uh, but I think it was a very good opening day performance for them, and good result I guess from a good hassle to the uh, Southampton side. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, but I think uh, especially in that game, uh, Southampton were particularly poor. They were bad. If I could say, because that's not the Southampton that we used to, as in they didn't create much except a couple of shots in the second half, and that really played right into uh, Southampton's hand. Sorry, Crystal Palace's hands, in which they just sit back and play on the counter, and they never recovered from being goal down. I was disappointed with Southampton, to be honest. Yeah, they had a lot of the ball though. They just couldn't make anything happen, especially in the first half, like you said. Isn't Che Adams was having yeah, a really good game. They were. Uh, I think uh, Che Adams, like, you know, ran till his socks could have burnt off his feet. He was working for everything and he deserved more in that game. Uh, but Southampton as a whole, yes, yeah. they were yeah. they were pretty poor. Let's see what they can do, you know, moving forward again. Yeah. First game, there's going to be, you know, players are not going to be as fit as they should be. Match sharpness is going to be down. So let's hope Southampton can do better because we've seen them play much better last season. Yeah. And one thing I'd like to point out in that game was uh, the use of war. Uh, like, it's the first time I think we've seen a ref or in game ref going to the screens and referring a decision and reverting it with the Kyle Walker Peters red card. I think that yeah. was nice to see. It's something that I expect more of the same. Yeah, that was good use of war. It's usually not done in the Premier League as much, like, you know, going up to the screen. So, that's good to see. Uh, the referee being more involved. Yeah. yeah. With the decision. War could be doing better, though. Just as just as in general, I would say. I, I, I still stand by the fact that 
I liked it in the good old days when, you know, the game would just flow and, you know, the table would just sort itself out by the end of 38 games. Uh, it does help with cup games, to be honest. You know, those controversial cup games, war can be very useful. That's just my opinion on that. Uh, but I guess, the I guess if, they use, if they use a pitch side monitor, I think it, it really does help. I think it, it's, they just, you know, reduce the scope of controversy at the end of the day. Yes, for sure. As in, if the on-field referee just makes a decision like the good old days and then not just leave it to somebody sitting in a, in a room somewhere else. It just makes the scope of the controversy so much less. And I'm so happy, actually, that right from the, the offset, game week one, we've got a situation where a ref... Turned turned over a red card using pitch time monitors. I think it was really cool. Yeah, definitely support that. Let's move swiftly on to yeah the game of the weekend, the game of game week one. I would say Liverpool four leads the newcomers scoring three goals at Anfield. Absolute scenes by the uh, man bun FC. I like to call them four. Players from Leeds have man buns. <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that four, three starting in the starting eleven have man buns, but there must be something in it. And Bielsa is doing magic with these lads. Beautiful performance, I should say. Uh, yeah. Liverpool just get. I think. I think the intensity. I think the intensity was something that I don't think many teams in the Premier League are used to. So, and I think that comes with man marking as well, and it becomes very difficult for you when you have the ball. Leeds actually had more possession in that game than Liverpool. Uh, I think whenever they had a chance, they took it beautifully. The first goal that Leeds scored was outstanding. Uh, probably one of the best goals in the game week. Reese James kind of you know took that one home this week, but I think definitely the amount of the close control, the first touch was impeccable. I think there was Absolutely a lot of... Absolutely rinsed Alexander-Arnold there. Yeah. And, to he, see it. yeah. <laughs> and he, took out, he took out Joe Gomez swiftly after. And I think it was... It's just it's just so much of confidence oozing through that lead side. They, I think they came there without, you know, any sort of, you know, apprehension that a lot of other Premier Leagues have, teams have when they come to Anfield. They came there, you know, with the pride of being EFL champions. And I think that's a big credit to Bielsa. And not just his tactics, but the way that he motivates his players. But I think on the downside, the fact that he didn't change his, you know, formation or tactics in the second half kind of attributed to their downfall at the end. I think that's probably what did that outdoing in the end. So I think it was, as you said, it was a real breath of fresh air to have a promoted team like showing that much courage and bravery to play their expansive style against the current champions Liverpool. But I think that's what we would come to expect from a Marcel Bielsa side. And to line up in their 4-1-4-1 which transitions into sort of a 3-3-1-3 in attack. It was really beautiful to see and I look forward to seeing to watching Leeds more this season. But might be against the drift or the common uh, what everyone else thinks about the game. I think Leeds were at least from the scoreline. It looks like the game was a lot closer than it actually was. I think 
uh, Liverpool could have easily ran away with this because I think Leeds had an XG of I think 0.33 and they scored three goals, which is insane finishing. But again, n- n- not taking away any credit from Leeds, they still played a great game. But I think the match was not as close as four three, but still the best game of the week by far. Yeah, on paper, if you look at it, Leeds had more possession, more touches and more passes on the ball. They had more clearances as well. Uh, it's just that Mohamed Salah, you know, just doing what he does. People doubt him every season. Uh, but man backs it up. Man backs it up every season. And I'm just saying uh, we should be, you know, giving him more credit where it's due. Yeah, I think he had one of those, yeah, you know. Three season wonder now, right? Four yeah, seasons. Four, four season wonder now. He's going into his fourth season. Four seasons. Four season wonder. I think, yeah, it was, there was a lot of 17, 18, sorry, 18, 19 Salah revenues. I think he, he had a very 17, 18, and 18, 19, I guess. I think last season wasn't as good as his other standards, but I think you, you saw a lot of what he could do. I think the other two members of the front three were pretty bad. I think think Firmino and Mane didn't play too much of an influential game. Firmino didn't have a shot, nor did he, sorry, a shot on target, nor did he make, create a chance. So I think by his standards, that was very poor. And I think Mane just looked very rusty. I don't know what you guys thought. So Mane is going to come good. We know this, but... When are we going to draw the line realistically on Firmino? Uh, I'm, I can see, yeah, what he does for the team, but in my opinion, they should have got someone, you know, a bit more attacking, someone who can score those goals like a centre forward should. Firmino has been lacking for quite some time now. What do you guys think about that? Controversial, maybe. I think, I think Firmino. Is not a goal-scoring option in the Liverpool team. Although he can finish and contribute to goals, I don't think Klopp sees him as a as the main contributor to goals. Similar to how he uses the midfield as well. So if you look at the midfield of Liverpool, they rarely have attacking contributions. It's mainly from the fullbacks and the inside forwards or the wingers. So I don't think it's much of an issue, even if they are. Gordon but someone else, I don't think he would displace Firmino from the starting lineup. But as you said, it would have been nice to add some depth there because I can't look at when I look at the bench, I can't see anyone coming on and making an impact. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, actually, if you the the midfield hardly contribute to goals. Wijnaldum hasn't assisted a goal last season. As in all the firepower just comes through the wings. And yeah, it would just be so refreshing to have somebody, you know, on the bench that when Firmino isn't clicking to just try things out in a new way and to not, you know, drop into the midfield, be like an out-and-out striker, tweak up the tactics a little bit, see if anything, you know, fruition happens. So yeah, I think that's going to be an area that's going to strain Liverpool this season if they don't, you know, bulk up in that area. I just thought Firmino went missing in that Leeds game. Uh, I didn't see him doing his usual pressing from the front that he usually does. Uh, maybe I missed it. Uh, pretty sure I didn't. He just didn't seem to have, you know, the even the usual Firmino type of game. So 
uh, I don't know. That's just my opinion on Firmino. Uh, and yeah, let's. But Liverpool look like they mean business again. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I have a feeling that the league is going to catch up to them though. The fact that they don't have that much depth and they haven't, you know, like strengthened like the other clubs have. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I think next week is going to be a real test going to the bridge and facing a very pumped up, fueled Chelsea side. And I, I think I think Lampard really wants to beat Klopp. I think more than any other manager in the league, I think Lampard really wants to get a one-up on Klopp. Uh, I think... Yeah. And I think he's... I think he's going to go all out and he, he's going to give him... give, you know, us as viewers a Chelsea performance of their lives. I, I have very high expectations of Chelsea when they come again. Yeah, so... We'll move on to Chelsea uh, when we get to their game and uh, discuss them further. So, uh, I, let's move on from this game as well. Uh, we have a few more games and we have to look forward to next weekend as well. So, the next game, and that was on uh, Saturday night, was West Ham against Newcastle. West Ham losing uh, like many people thought they would. It looks very bleak for the Londoners this season. It looks like time could be up for them. Yeah, I agree with that. If you, uh, there was a hopeometer survey that I think was done by the Apple, yeah, which basically was a survey among, yeah, among the supporters to see how optimistic you are about the coming season. And I think West Ham fans were low were the lowest with 8% of them saying they were looking forward to seeing next season. I think that just shows the story state of the club too with regards to where they are right now. The fans are against the board. The owners don't want to back them. The manager looks like he has no idea what he's doing. They have a lot of players sitting in this squad not being used who were brought in by previous managers. Yeah. Um, and they had a very, very bad performance against Newcastle. Steve Bruce's side just rolled them over easily. Um, yeah. Newcastle looked good, actually. Newcastle looked yeah. good, but they were they were like done favors by a very poor West Ham team. Yeah, I agree. Newcastle actually, to be fair to them, had a good game. And I think Steve Bruce has done a good job in bringing on, bringing players like Alan Wilson and Ryan Fraser from Bournemouth, and also Jamal Lewis from Norwich. Both of whom, or all three of them, having Premier League experience, so. I think they're all good additions to the yeah, squad. Yeah. I see Newcastle doing, yeah. being fine. Maybe 15, 16. So. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think yeah. West Ham. I think West Ham are going to get the axe probably this this season. I think I think the relegation battle is going to be pretty close. Not as probably not as good as last season, but I think the out of the teams that are in contention, I think it's going to be pretty tight for all of them. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, what can West, West Ham to do to you know improve this? They have some good players there. Uh, they, they do. So I think the main problem for them is they have a lot of players on big contracts who are creatively good, but I don't think Moyes rates them. So that's where the problem lies. They have, if you look at the bench, they have players like Yamalenko, they have Felipe Anderson who on Lanzini paper look like well. really good creative players, but they never seem to start. Lanzini as well, yeah. 
could they st- still start with Mark Noble? I mean, what, what's that about? Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, so it clearly shows that Dave Moyes doesn't rate replies already there. I mean, so so it's it's a so they I think they first thing they have to do is try and move some players on before they can buy, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of faith in the board as well. So yeah, I think Declan Rice is the most likely transfer out and I think yeah that would be detrimental as well. Well he's gonna go for bags now. And recently yeah. I yeah. you know yeah. you know like yeah. the English press loves to hype up a you know an English player so he's gonna go for a lot of money. Who's gonna who's gonna be interested in him? There were some talks about Chelsea was if I'm wrong, was it Chelsea? Yeah it's still there. It's still there. He's Rumored to be Lampard's uh, number one target for the uh, for one of the defensive midfield positions. So I think more than the club, it's Lampard who's pushing it, and they are Chelsea will probably make a bid this transfer window, whether or not. Uh, but that again relies on players. Sales. Like I think Bakayoko is close to Asimov, but yeah, yeah, we have to wait. So wait what, what how that the There's nothing advanced right now. So what would that mean for the Chelsea midfield and who's getting who's Sorry? getting dropped? What would that mean for the Chelsea midfield and will Jorginho or Kante see the exit? Because how do so you get ideally Kante? Lampard would want to no you ideally Lampard wants to move Jorginho on, but uh, which was uh, likely to Juventus, but after Sari got sacked, there's not a lot of suitors right now. I think Roma's been touted as a potential destination, but uh, Lampard would like Jorginho to go rather than Kante, but I think there are a lot of dead. There's a lot of dead weight in the club. Players like Drinkwater, Bakayoko, all on big contracts. Even Ross Barkley. So I think yeah. there's a, there's some talk of offering a cash plus swap deal involving Barkley. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think I think I don't know how good that would be for Barkley. I guess he could probably get more game time, but. <laughs> Pretty much would be like a demotion, if anything. But yeah, it's it's interesting times, I guess, in the Chelsea camp. I think we've talked about, yeah, Chelsea. Like, we've talked about Chelsea so much. We have to talk about. Yeah, Chelsea keeps Chelsea keeps popping in. So let's just get that out of the way. I would say, uh, a good performance by Bournemouth. I mean, by Brighton against Chelsea. I thought they did really well, especially after their uh, goal back to concede. From Reese James, absolute screamer was uh, pretty hard done by the Brighton players. Would have felt. Yeah, I think I I agree with you. I think Brighton played really well, and I think Chelsea were really bad. It was a really underwhelming performance, especially after all the signings. There was a lot of hype and expectation going into this one. Uh, I, yeah, there was massive hype. So, but. I think it was a really underwhelming performance because I, I think it was more so rather, more so about the formation that we played. So if you, it was a completely different shape. We sort of lined up in a four-two-two-two in attack, with uh, Mount and Harvards playing in the attacking midfield positions, left and right, and Werner being joined up top with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Loftus-Cheek had a shocker to say the least. So yeah. I think none of the players were uh, familiar with the system, except probably Werner. 
I think this system was tried out for Werner and I expect to see more of it going forward because otherwise this doesn't make sense. This sort of experiment with this formation doesn't make sense if it's for just one week. And Werner did come out and say that uh, Lampard's style of football, they have previously talked about it, was a main reason he came in. So it probably is Lampard, you know, uh, adjusting his system to get the best out of Timo Werner. And if you can get the best out of him, that's that's actually scary for defenses all over the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a that's a good adjustment to make. But what really baffled me was that he played Loftus-Cheek in that position when you have someone like Juru who's ready-made for that role to win, to be a target man and also link up play. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Can we please talk about, can we yeah. please talk about Lamptey though? I was just gonna I was just gonna bring it up. The standout player yeah, of the yeah. game for me was Terry Clamty. What a performance from the lab. <laughs> I that can't was, I can't even Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. I yeah, think, he I think the amount of confidence. Alone, so yeah. The amount of confidence that young lad has. Sorry, is, cool. The amount of confidence that young lad has is amazing. Like you said, Vishnu, he absolutely destroyed Alonso on that wing. And he put in some really delicious balls into the box. And yeah, I think... That's, that sounded weird to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As in, it was so inviting. And he actually had a <laughs> similar performance against Liverpool uh, last season, uh, post-lockdown. Um, he absolutely, you know, was... So confident on, on that wing. I think that was if 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 not if it's not his debut performance, one of his early performances, and it was it was really. I think you can tell how much of how much in that short period of time how much he's grown. And yeah, it's another right back to the England collection. I guess I don't I don't know what England's going to do with all their right backs. I think I think there was this, there was a post where yeah, I think there are six now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you could actually. I think that uh, you could probably make a whole team out of them. Uh, you know, yeah. including the reserve right backs. So I don't. I don't know what England are going to do. Uh, I mean, what England need to do is get rid of the waistcoat manager. That's <laughs> that's, that's number one. Yeah. Then you Waste can worry about the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that and then you can worry about the right back problem. They need to worry about their manager first. So more on England when. Uh, People actually care about international football. So, <laughs> oh, wow. okay. so yeah, I think George, just to anyway. answer that question, what England are gonna do with the right backs? Uh, they're just gonna pick all of them. So if you saw the previous squad, right, there were no left backs. He just picked a bunch yeah, of right backs. And that's true. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The second he gets the axe, I think it's I think it's good. It's happy days for for England. Uh, yeah, Southgate has been. <laughs> On honeymoon after that uh, <laughs> freak, freak uh, semi-final most, performance. Yeah, I think he's been riding on that World Cup semi-final for too long. I think. Yeah, I think he, it's time to face the music. Yeah, I, I think Euros are gonna be very underwhelming if it's gonna be. The England squad, this England squad, this exciting young, talented English squad deserves a manager that can you know really get that. Yeah, I would love. I would love to see Lampard. I would love to see Lampard in that role. 
with James Justin. Uh, he's more of a utility player. I agree with you. He's not that great, but I think he. Uh, Brandon Rodgers looks at him like a utility player who can play fullback on either side or as a centre back. So yeah, I but I think he had a good game in the sense that he looked shaky as you said to in the beginning. He got himself booked, but after that, I think he looked pretty solid. Yeah, and I expected him to maybe be in danger of getting sent off, but yeah, yeah but he had a good game. Yeah, yeah agreed, agreed. And uh, just to stick on with Chelsea. I mean, with Leicester, sorry. Uh, Fabrizio Romano had tweeted two hours ago. Schenke is, on the, uh, is going to be joining uh, Leicester on loan with an obligation to buy. And looks like that's going to be confirmed. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what you guys think about Schenke. Really on the... Yeah, I haven't heard too much of really him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How has he been getting on with the last few seasons? I knew, I know, like when he broke out, maybe was it a couple of seasons ago or three seasons ago? There was a lot of talk about him. I haven't really followed him. Do you have any thoughts on Chengi Sundar? I think he was, he was, he looked very promising, but I think he was struggling to get Now I think Leicester would be his perfect opportunity to prove himself, I guess, in the Premier League, especially. Who is he displaced from that Leicester side? I Does think he... he would not start right away. If Madison's not back, he could play in the role which Dennis Pride started, but uh, he won't start right off the bat. Or Harvey Barnes, again, another young player. I, re- could, yeah. I really rate Harvey Barnes. I think Harvey Barnes is. Is like a phenomenal player actually. He doesn't get enough credit. Maybe he goes under the radar too much, uh, but he works his ass off for the team. And uh, I don't know. I, I I'm just a big fan of Harvey Barnes. Yeah, I agree. I rate him highly as well. I think he shows a real desire to get forward. His work rate's really good, but I think what lets him down is his finishing. Gets into really yeah. good positions. Uh, end product is lacking. Okay, so let's just, you know, just quickly yeah, round off uh, yeah. the other two games, uh, which was Tottenham versus Everton. I know we should have given Everton more time that they deserved, actually, with that. With those new signings, yeah, yeah. Alan, Dukuri, and James, they looked at the hammers, I should say. Looked really good. But they were really what do you think, George? Yeah, I think, I think before the game, I didn't have too much expectations for Hammers. I not even before the game. I think when the signing happened, I wasn't particularly pleased. Yeah, you wrote him off. You completely wrote him I, off. Yeah, I wrote him off. I I didn't think that he would perform in this Everton side. I didn't think that he would perform in general in the Premier League. I was very much mistaken. I think he had a very good game. I think he looked very sharp. I think he was very creative on the ball. He had uh, most number of highest pass accuracy. And most most number of chances cre- created, I think, as well. And um, yeah, a really solid debut performance from him. I think Allen not as much. I think I think Hammers really took the stage there. But I think Allen was still very good at linking up play from the back. He did make a couple of mistakes, 
uh, in the second half, which is fine, I guess. It's uh, <laughs> we're all human, but yeah, as in not still a very good debut performance from both of them. So yeah, the exciting times in the blue half. Jokore, Jokore oh. was also like Jokore really was also very yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, that uh, chance that like he you know just catches up to Lucas Moura, who's absolutely rapid, mind you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was brilliant to watch, actually. To yeah, um, the, that, that was very, very admirable work rate. And it, it, it brings a lot of life into a, a particularly dead Everton midfield from last season. I think Ancelotti got the midfield that he wanted. And good for him, I guess. I think he's going to I think he's gonna do a lot. I think the Merseyside derby is going to be that much more harder this year. And I think Everton against the big six is going to be, you know, not smooth sailing and not easy to predict. So, I think it's good. It's a good differential for the league. Yeah, Vishnu, what are your thoughts on, like, you know, where Spurs go from here? Uh, they look lackluster the entire time. Deli Alley was brought off at halftime for tactical reasons, according to Mourinho. And now there are links to Madrid. And Spurs are, you know, looking to bring in mm-hmm. Regulon and Bale. So, where do they go from here? Yeah, I think especially in the last, the last season, post-lockdown, Spurs were, Spurs kind of overperformed their underlying numbers and were lucky to be where they are. So, I don't expect Spurs to do a lot this season as well. So, if you saw how they lined up, there's not a lot going in there. There's not a lot of creativity. There's not a lot of chances. There's, there's basically Kane and Son are fading off scraps. And Mourinho came out and said that at the end of the game, he said that he was not happy with the Tottenham players. He tried to blame the referee. I think we're seeing a pattern here. I don't think Spurs under Mourinho is going to do well this season. Maybe Gareth Bale, as you said, uh, signing for a loan might change their fortunes. But again, if with this team right now, I don't see a lot from Spurs. They do look like they are missing Christian Erickson quite a bit. Uh, they should have done better to keep him on the books, if if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I the think signing of... Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like the signing of Hoibierg also... Uh, it's just strange to me. They have so many similar type of players. Uh, just uninspiring, you know, just trying to stop the ball. Never, you know, just have any highlights. A typical Mourinho player, but like another one of them, it doesn't really, you know, uh, create any inspiration in the yeah. next world. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but uh, like, I think the reason why Mourinho bought Hoybeg is because he sees Eric Dyer as a centre-back from the season or even last season. So, that's the spot he's trying to fill by Hoybeg. But as you said, they're missing missing creativity in the final third. Christian Eriksen didn't want to stay at Tottenham. I think they did all that yeah. they could, and he just wanted to leave. He just wanted to get out. And I think yeah, if they and yeah, even Bergwijn had a couple of good starts early on, but after that, he sort of fizzled out as well. Son Kane looked to be the had a, I think Doherty had a decent game. I think he he almost came close to scoring as well. I think I, I like Under the circumstances, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think. So, Moving from that back five into a back four, 
for Doherty would, I feel it's going to, you know, create problems in the future. He didn't have to do that much running, uh, running back in that Wolves team. Oh yeah, definitely not. And when you've got when you got people like Wilfred Bolly at the back, I think he 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 runs up with a lot more confidence in the Wolves team. Whereas yeah. now his work rate has you know definitely has to increase to make up for the not so great centre backs. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a new challenge. But if you see the yeah, but if you see how Mourinho lined up even last season. Uh, Sir Jorge was the right back. So, as we all know, he's absolute bollocks defensively. <laughs> so, he was almost like a winger for Tottenham, which I thought that he was forced to do. But it looks like that is a feature of Mourinho's team going forward because, as you said, Dorte was bought in, who is a wing back, and he was at times very offensive, and which resulted in Richarlison finding a lot of space. At Hames created, I think, five chances, five five chances for Richardson, which directly uh, resulted in him shooting. So it's probably a feature of the Tottenham team rather than a bug. But I expect, I don't expect great results from it. And if Regulion also signs, I think that might result in Tottenham going to a back three with two wing backs and Regulion and Doty. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. We could see that maybe Mourinho definitely has to, you know, make some changes to that team and the system. Probably just, you know, put on a smile on his face. My goodness, that guy is bleak. Uh, let's move on to, like, just the final game <laughs> of the game week. Uh, Sheffield United versus Wolverhampton. Both of the, you know, dark horses of last season, I would say, Pretty good game, actually. Uh, nice goals. Raul Jimenez's goal was uh, particularly really nice. A good finish. Something that you would expect from him. Uh, I, I don't know. Where do you guys see uh, Sheffield and Wolves finishing this season? Uh, I don't see Sheffield doing as well as they did last season. Uh, yeah. They lack what I think uh, the firepower to score goals, which was also evident last season. Yeah. But even the season, they have not improved and they looked very short up front. There are talks of them signing Ryan Brewster from Liverpool yeah. on loan or as a permanent signing, which could be a good addition to their front line. But I don't think they would do as well as they did last season. But Wolves, I think, might do as well as they usually do, which is sort of 6th, 7th or 8th. So, yeah, it was a good game. I think Wolves really deserved the win. And mm-hmm. Roman Saiz was my best player on the pitch. I don't think he got man of the match. I think it was Simonis. But for me, Roman Saiz was the best player for Wolves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Roman was yeah. voted the attacking threat. It's so much of an attacking threat during, well, whenever, especially in set pieces. So, yeah, good for him. I also think that Podence is also playing a big role in this Wolves Wolves squad. I think he started coming out of, like, his shell, so to speak, at the fag end of last season. And I think that's really helped uh, Nuno's side. I think Podence is a very versatile player. And he's got, you know, a couple of tricks up his sleeve. He's agile. He's, you know, pacey. And he delivers good balls in, like we, we saw this week. 
So I think that's a very interesting attacking option for Nuno's side. So I think yeah, the, they have a lot of options in that position, uh, as you said, Podence and Jota, and the new signing Fabio Silva. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think there was. I, I think Sheffield were unlucky not to score. I think they. I think they deserved one goal. And Fleck hit the post, if I remember right. Um, and there were there were chances. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there there were there were chances for Sheffield. So it was. I think they would feel hard done to not come away from there without a goal, but pro- they probably didn't deserve anything more than that. So. Yeah, like yeah. you said, so, they, they clearly lacked a proper front line. So yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with you that they have some exciting players. Like they're actually really fun to watch at times. Sheffield, uh, they try hard a lot, but yeah, I feel like the Premier League is gonna catch up to them this season. I feel last season was just you know a freak result. Maybe I mean they did they did play really well. Don't get me wrong. To be at that level where they did finish at, probably was a freak season. Let's see what they uh, managed to do this season. Probably going to be difficult for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who do you guys think might be the early contenders for relegation? Uh, Fulham. I would <laughs> go right off the probably, right off the bat. Fulham. Probably Fulham, West Brom, and you've got um, a really West Ham. bad place between between Villa and. West Ham. West Ham. I I don't know. It could go either way, to be honest. Oh, I actually rate Villa. Um, <laughs> I actually think Villa are a good side. <laughs> Villa actually not that bad. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I, 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 I think Fulham, West Ham, and West Brom. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and they signed man. Ollie Watkins from Brentford, mm-hmm. I think. Who scored yesterday? He scored two goals. Yeah. Yeah, and in the. Friendly against United as well. I think he scored two two goals yeah, in two games now. Absolute mad lad, <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Watkins. Okay, let's uh, let's quickly just round off. Uh, you know our thoughts and predictions on like the upcoming fixtures for game week. Is it still con- it's considered game week two, right? Even though the yeah, matches are coming Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, first game is Everton versus West Brom. I don't think we need to speak too much about that. Everton's going to absolutely wipe the floor with them. <laughs> yeah, do you guys agree with me? Or do you think West Ham are going to yeah. do a madness? No, no I think 2 0 Everton. I yeah. don't see them scoring. Yeah, I, think, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be high scoring, but I think 2 0 is, is probably good enough for a prediction. I would like to see a Hammer's wonderful left foot free kick into the top bins. That's my <laughs> prediction for the game. Uh, the next, the next game on Saturday is Leeds versus Fulham and Allen Road. Uh, no-brainer, I would say. Leeds just look like they're too good for Fulham, uh, even though they would have, you know, played last season. I think Leeds just have too much in the arsenal for Fulham. Yeah, but I, I, I do see Leeds conceding though. I, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think Fulham could probably manage to score one goal. I don't think they're going to get a point or, or anything. I think Fulham are definitely going to lose. But I do see them score maybe 3-1, 2-1. Fair yeah, I think 2-1 Fabi. or 3-1 is uh, fair. 
for me as well i don't see leeds keeping a clean sheet although i would like to see that but i they were too far open for me in the first game so yeah. probably will concede three one to manburn fc uh, <laughs> yeah i would love to see that uh, next game final game for saturday is united first game manchester united first game against crystal palace crystal palace obviously already played um, in game week 1 so i feel united is going to win i don't know how convincing it's going to be uh, maybe 2-0 i would say i i don't know i think i think it'd be much more closer yeah i think it's just going i think it's going to be I like think a be sort of a one nil yeah even me yeah. I, I i see i see crystal palace parking the bus really well and probably maybe a late penalty like united always does it so one nil <laughs> is where i see it from. yeah even yeah. even me but with uh... with wonderby getting all those penalties yeah it could be 2 nil or 3 nil i can see like three penalties going united's way for sure yeah, yeah. no but uh, no i think united have a bit yeah united have a bit more than uh, bit more to offer than just penalties if they can still capture the form that they ended the season yeah so i i think i think that's a good condition i think that's a big condition for i think since it's their first game back it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult to see how they're going to get into the groove i mean difficult predicts yeah. how, how they're going to get into the groove so yeah so that's why i think it won't be particularly high scoring and i think they'll win but i don't think i, I can't see them score see them score too many goals Yeah so fair enough uh, but I think that's next, all of Saturday's game. Yeah go ahead. Yeah but I think the next game Arsenal West Ham I think that is going to be particularly high scoring. I I can West Ham going to score massive goals. Watch out for uh, Mikel Antonio. He's going to score two goals against Arsenal <laughs> and the bubble is going to break for Arteta. You heard it her you heard it here first. This is my prediction for the game. I think I think Arsenal can go back to back game week scoring three goals and keeping a clean sheet. I think I think I, I think I think Arsenal are going to go back to back but I don't see them keeping a clean sheet simply because one I don't rate the Arsenal defense too much and with the likes of Sushek Antonio possibly even Haller as well in the West Ham team. they might consider head a goal or a set piece and maybe 2-1 or 3-1 possible would be a fair prediction first game on sunday looks to be quite interesting at st mary's it's southampton versus spurs this that's is... going to be yeah. i feel that's going to be a good game to watch uh, maybe right. spurs will come out of the shell a little bit more southampton anyway are going to you know just take it to spurs as well they might have to sit back spurs so kuti kuti goals in that game uh, would like to see ings and kane get on the score sheet you know just start the seasons off just for the betterment of the league we'll say yeah i, th- I think southampton are going to probably have more of the ball and 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 i think they probably I don't know. I, I think they'll probably edge edge Tottenham in this, or may, maybe maybe not. Maybe it'll probably be a draw. I don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring. I think it'll be a good game of football, 
But I think it's going to be a tight game of football when scoreline wise, maybe 1 1. Or, yeah, I think I'll probably go with 1 1 actually. Southampton, Tottenham 1 1. What do you think, Vishnu? Yeah. Yeah, I would expect Southampton to have more of the ball, as you said, and Tottenham to try and play on the counter. And judging by how Southampton were against Crystal Palace, I see them getting caught on the counter against Tottenham. So I'm looking at 2 1 to Tottenham. Okay. Nice. And uh, well, moving on, we have Brighton visiting St. James's Park. Uh, facing Newcastle, that's, this is going to be an interesting game, to say the least. I think Brighton were really good in their last game. So, they'll be you know, trying to do even better with that confidence. I, I don't think they'll be f- feeling bad about that performance against Chelsea. So, if they can just ride that wave, they could cause Newcastle some problems. Yeah, I think, I think it's also going to be a very good game to watch. Or probably one of the games. Yeah, underrated the game. yeah I think one of the underrated yeah. games of the game week. I'm. I think. I think Brighton probably gonna edge, edge this one. I think, like you said, they're gonna come back with a lot of confidence with the performance they put against Chelsea, and I think they're gonna get go into this game thinking that they're they're gonna win, and I think that confidence plus the way the style of play that they have, and will probably give them the edge over Newcastle. So I think probably or one nil. I don't think there's gonna be too many goals. I think. Probably edge them yeah. a single goal. I feel there's going to be a lot of chances in the game for both sides. Uh, fast-flowing football, like you just sometimes just have those games with you know two middle teams in the Premier League. It's just you know back-to-back action. So I'm hoping for that kind of game. I can see that happening. And yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens with that. Uh, let's move on to the headliner of the weekend. It it is Chelsea versus Liverpool, uh, by far the biggest game, and so. You know, quickly into the season as well. What are your thoughts on it, Vishnu? Um, nervous for the game? What do you think, like, mm. you know, Chelsea is going to do compared uh, to Liverpool? Uh, I think we're going to see uh, us lining up in a similar shape a 4 2 3 1 or a 4 2 2 2. And we're going to see a lot more attacking intent right from the off, especially at home against Liverpool, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. This is a game Lampard would really, really want to get one over Liverpool. There's a small sort of rivalry going with managers trading verbal blows, if you can say that. So I think a really attacking, open game from both sides, which I think Chelsea might just edge it to one. Yeah, I think I sadly concur. I think Liverpool's defence is nowhere near the expectation that it should be. And I don't think that it's going to be reformed in a single week of training. There, Against Leeds, there were so many times where Gomez and Van Dijk weren't in the same line. And pretty basic stuff and things that you would probably expect Liverpool or any top six team to, team to be doing. So, and I don't think, I think that's a lot of rustiness. And I don't think that's just going to get reformed in a week. I think that will get reformed over the season. But I think Chelsea just have probably a little bit more intent and a little bit more, you know, firepower and depth, which will probably, you know, cause them to edge it probably 2-1. Yeah, I concur. Yeah, just to add to that, as 
George said the highline that Liverpool plays is something that Timo Werner is really looking forward to, I guess. Oh, yeah. To run in behind. I guess. Hopefully finish. He's going to cause a lot of problems. I hope he, you know, just wins his van dive and, you know, just shuts up all those causes. So. <laughs> well, that wasn't a biased opinion <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you just have to. What are your predictions? Chelsea uh, I mean, just sitting on the fence with this game, I would say, do Chelsea have uh, any of their new signings going to you know, debut in this game? Is Chilwell or ZH back for this? ZH is out, Chilwell is out, Silva trained today, but is a doubt. Pulisic is also a doubt. So, but Kovacic is back. Kovacic is back after a suspension. So, he's there, but uh, none of the other. I mean, if, if Chelsea played the same way they played against Brighton, which, like, let's be honest, wasn't, uh, they didn't have to, you know, get out of fourth gear. They Actually, after Brighton scored, they were lucky to get that Reese James goal so, you know, so quickly. And then they followed up with the corner and uh, subsequently the third goal. So, if they have the similar type of performance that like, they had against Brighton, Liverpool are going to be able to solve them a lot of problems with that, with uh, money and Salah going forward. So, it's going to be an open game. I think it's going to be uh, two, two, sitting on the fence completely. Two, two, entertaining game. You know, fast forward. It's going to be fun. The headliner for sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, finishing off with Sunday's games, uh, Leicester host Sean Dyke's shithouse Burnley team. <laughs> Love watching Burnley. I <laughs> I can't wait for the. The obvious Smashley Woods, Smashley Barnes goal. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, anyway, Leicester gonna win that game. Uh, I would say they're just they're just yeah. better than Burnley, you know? yeah. yeah, I think two 0 is possible. Yeah, a yeah. Good score line. I, I can see Burnley get either. like a Burnley will probably score. Uh, you know. Just a bomb burner of a goal from a corner kick or something like they usually do. But Burnley is so much fun for some reason. I don't know why. It's it's just the tells me that happens. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the shit tells me. It's it's so. I mean, when when I think about Burnley, I just think about you know, just real British shit players. You know, just yeah, I love watching them. Even though they're really annoying for a lot of people. They're one of the most annoying teams <laughs> in the league to play against. But yeah, I think Leicester are going to get the one up on them. I think, they're, yeah. I think they're in good form and they've got a lot of confidence brewing. So yeah, I think 2 0. Maybe, like you said, 2 1, where they get a scrappy corner goal. Maybe J Rod does something in the box. J Rod's. J Rod's just Ashley Barnes. Love to see it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think Leicester goes uh, through. If Burnley lucky, they'll get one. But Leicester right yeah. yeah. I think the way Burnley's playing, Sean Dyche deserves a shot for the England managerial job. I, yeah. I agree with that. I would, you know, I would love to see Sean Dyche as the England manager. Can you imagine the playing, scenes? Playing with Sancho Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be so funny. And the scenes of him like on the touchline at the Euros with 
like you know Joachim Lau is like right next to him the classy manager that he on bench with his robotic voice oh we see him absolutely love to see okay uh let's round off the fixtures for game week 2 uh, it's on monday night actually aston villa versus sheffield pretty interesting game to say the least i think uh, vishnu you would agree with me on that like aston villa going to show a bit more than what everyone's expecting yeah yeah i think so i think it'll be a good watch uh, i but i see aston villa scoring and taking the win here at home 1-0 and possibly the new boy ole watkins with another goal i think it's villa's game to lose this yeah and uh, george i would let you tell me your prediction for the final game of game week 2 wolves versus man city at the molineux wow this is this is a could be an interesting watch i think city are going to that's a tough game for city the first game it is it is, it is it's a top game it's a tough game it's a game that they lost last season wolves did the double on them last season so i think pep's going to come there with vengeance and i think it's going to be tighter than than it's going to than it looks i think city the last game competitive game that they played they lost i think that's going to weigh i think the, these kind of things do weigh in on people and i think first games of the season are always difficult i but i don't see them losing though i think it's going to be tight but i don't see them losing so i agree with you yeah I, city just have yeah. too much going yeah. forward to yeah. lose a game at this point it was kind of amazing that they lost nine games last season uh, but mm-hmm. saying I that pep is going to be back with absolute vengeance and he's going to probably try to destroy the league Yeah. So I think I think I think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be usual high scoring city game where they absolutely maul teams 5-0. I think it's I think it's going to be one of those 2-0 games where Wolves are going to have decent chances and I think they're going to have chances that they're going to wish they they had taken better. But let's just hope Adama can do a madness again. Yeah. And absolutely wins that backline. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, or Kimenez doing some crazy magic yeah. box. Yeah, but I just, I, I just don't see. I don't, I don't see sitting losing this thing with all the fire yeah. that Pep has. Yeah. Okay, and finally, one or two nil to sit. Yep. Yeah. That, oh, that sounds good. And finally, just, just so this is like you know our first. episode you know talking about the new premier league season just who do you think is going to win the whole whole damn thing george oh i think it's going to be city <laughs> I, i hate to say it <laughs> but i think i think it's going to be city this year i think with their depth and their just brilliant performances week in week out i think i think pep pep's going to you know do show the world why he thinks oh why he is regarded one of the best managers in the world so yeah i think i think it's city i think liverpool no uh, liverpool second probably and then maybe chelsea united so that's probably my top four yeah okay and i think i think i'll have to agree with george here city are probably the potential champions for me this season i see a close battle for second third and fourth not 
as it was last season where there was considerable difference between first then second and then between third fourth and fifth so i think it will be a much closer call this time with city first liverpool second chelsea third and united probably i have to say what about you um, what are your thoughts yeah this is going to sound really boring but uh, yeah i guess i have to agree with both of you and exactly how the standings that you said it seems predictable but one thing that the premier league has shown us all all these years is it's not going to be predictable uh, maybe yeah city might be but there's going to be a whole lot of stories that are going to be written this season i can't wait to you know you know let it unfold and i can't wait to you know share my thoughts with you guys and have you guys on the podcast more often and we should do this probably next week as well uh, round of game week 2 and look forward definitely. to game week 3 definitely a lot of fun definitely yeah it was a lot of fun and uh, we should also you know have a look at all the transfers as well so we will do that maybe on deadline day or the day after yeah definitely any yeah. any final thoughts before we you know sign off for sign off for today no nothing for me but this is one of the i think this is one of the seasons we can really look forward to in terms of the real show on offer for premier league so really looking forward to it and sharing you sort of having these discussions and sharing my thoughts with you guys going forward yeah yeah i think i think yeah. that i think that's very true i think we've got a lot of amazing influx of talent influx of amazing talent that just got injected in this transfer window and the best part is not even over yet there's still a lot more potential signings you got thiago you got regulion got bale you got so many superstars that are still left or could potentially arrive so i think this season definitely one to watch it's going to be very tight it's going to be filled with a lot of memories exciting times nevertheless even if it's there's absolutely no new talent they're going to watch the premier league and they're going to love every bloody second of it goddamn right <laughs> okay so yeah i think uh, let's wrap it up here thank you for listening to the offer ball journal podcast uh i've been caleb joining me today again like i said was george and vishnu thank you for coming on guys and speak to you soon all right guys have a good evening bye bye good evening bye bye